I'm Sam Carter. And I'm Dean Lowry. This is Carter and Lowry. Let's get started. Welcome back to Carter and Lowry, episode number 14. We could get off this week again for the last time with college football, part two of our series on does college football have a problem? And so, Sam, my first question for you this week is, is should there be recruiting limits, you know, like Alabama and Clemson, those type of schools, should they have limits on the number of five-star or four-star players that they're allowed to sign? I think so, just because... If, if there isn't, then the, the good teams are just going to keep getting better and just keep dominating. So I think it's a problem. I'm going to have to disagree with you here. Um, you know, a big, the, one of the, I, I think the largest part of college football is the uh, recruiting process and determining how good a team is going to be. And um, I don't know, it, it definitely, it's a little bit of a fixed problem because I don't think you really do a draft because, you know, there's just too many teams. So, I mean, I, I definitely think it's interesting, but as it stands right now, I don't think there should be just a hard uh, cap on the number of, uh, you know, uh, five-star or four-star recruits you can have. Okay, so my next question for you is, um, should uh, you think that, you know, as more recruits, you know, stay closer to home? Like a great example of this is um, Drake May, the – Quarterback from my high school, go Mustangs. Uh, he's uh, decommitted from Alabama and committed to North Carolina, you know, to reduce the travel back and forth. You know, that could potentially, you know, create a shift in uh, which teams are better in this uh, upcoming season. Yeah, it definitely will. Just because I feel like freshmen are just a really huge part of the game, and I think it will hurt. The teams that usually have great freshmen. So yeah, I think that will yeah. be an issue. I definitely think it's uh, going to be less of a factor than it would be you know, per se. We'll see what happens next year in college basketball because you know of the whole one and done thing. But um, yeah. players are required to stay uh, three years at their college. So uh, it'll be interesting to see um, what happens next season. Uh, but we'll be sprinkling in some recruiting updates and. Um, when some power records come out, we'll uh, review those. But uh, I don't really know what we're going to do with this segment uh, coming up, uh, but uh, we'll see what the future holds. Uh, but coming up, uh, we, we're going to have some just great analysis on a crazy championship weekend in the NFL. All right, welcome back to Carter and Lowry NFL segment. Also uh, drawing draw to a close, but first, uh, the championship weekend of the NFL. And uh, the early game, the 3.30 game, Buccaneers 31, Packers 26. Uh, some just quick stat lines. Tom Brady with 280 passing yards, three touchdowns included uh, with three interceptions. Um, just a crazy game uh, throughout. You know, the Buccaneers looking like they're just going to dominate early. The Packers coming back, the controversial decision. Um, this also marks the first time in NFL history that a team will host the Super Bowl, uh, while playing in it, uh, the Super Bowl is in Tampa this year. Um, but 
if you did not know, this is probably going to be the largest debate question coming out of this game, is on uh, the Packers. They were down by eight points with about three minutes left. They drove all the way down the field to about the 10-yard line. They got stopped three times in a row, but they decided to kick a field goal. And um, I love this quote. Uh, my dad said, he said, kicking a field goal in that situation is like giving somebody a ham sandwich while they're drowning. And, I mean, he's got a point there. So, Sam, do you think that the Packers should have gone for it on about, four, I think I think it was fourth and 11? Uh, how do you like the decision to kick the field goal there? I don't like it at all. I think you have to go f- for the touchdown or the first down. I mean, you just, if you want to win the game, and of course they wanted to, you just can't win with field goals. Yeah, um, I think, you know, the whole mentality was we have three timeouts, but just we can stop them, get the ball back, and try to win the game. But, I mean, what I'm thinking is is a field goal doesn't do you anything. You know, I know you still have to get a two-point conversion, and, you know, the analytics aren't with you getting a uh, fourth and goal from the 11. But, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers, who's probably going to be the MVP this season. You know, the season's on the line. Last play, um, I mean, I feel like you just got to give him the ball and give him a chance uh, to win the game. But my next question for you, Sam, is uh, Aaron Rodgers said after the game about his future, he says, I don't know. And uh, so do you think that this is his last game in a Packers uniform? Um, I got to go with no, just because he's he's essentially a legend there. So... Yeah, I mean, I definitely think uh, he. I mean, he he loves the city, obviously, but I mean, this has just been a couple years in a row. They keep building up, building up, and not, they haven't been able to get it done. Um, he said things like, "My team let me down," um, so I think they're definitely going to have to. I don't know if it's a head coach. Obviously, they fired Mike McCarthy, brought someone else in. I don't know if it's some sort of change just to mix it up because. I feel like they, you just got to change something if you want to uh, make it all the way to the top. Uh, but, Sam, what happened in the AFC Championship game? Well, the Chiefs essentially dominated the Bills. And Patrick Mahone, Mahomes had 325 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. So, do you think that the Bills will be back in the AFC Championship next year? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, Josh Allen had a tremendous season uh, this season. Um, just the way that that whole offense is clicking, it it really, you know, it feels like, you know, people are talking about it for years, like this dynamic offense, you know, the future of football, and I think they really represented that uh, this season. So I definitely think they'll be back. Um, I think it was a great scene. Uh, you saw Stephon Diggs, you know, he was the only Bill – left on the sideline. He watched the entire Chiefs uh, celebration. So I think they'll definitely be hungry, and I think they will get back uh, to the AFC Championship next season. Yeah, I think the Bills will be back just because, like you said, Josh Allen, I mean, he's a great QB, and they got a great offense, great receivers, and a great defense, too. 
I just think they need to build more chemistry, and then they'll they'll be the best in the AFC. All right. Uh, so, Sam, I uh, saw this on first take. I just wanted to get your opinion on it. So, um, here, obviously, we'll do a super, full Super Bowl preview next week. But do you think that if the Bucks win the Super Bowl this year, that Patrick Mahomes can ever be considered – the greatest football player of all time. I don't know because Mahomes has such a long career ahead of him, but with Tom Brady at the age that he is and playing such a young and great uh, opposing QB, I think that it, it stands a chance that he might never be considered the GOAT if yeah, um, you know, we've seen all kinds of posts on social media talking about, you know, this is the 10th Super Bowl, you know, the level of consistency that's never going to be matched. And, I mean, that is true. You know, even to play for 10 seasons is an accomplishment considering how physical uh, the NFL is right now. And, I mean, I mean, it's just going to be a challenge just to, you know, get the playoffs 10 times. Uh, so, but if you just add on top of that, you know, the dent it would hit uh, Mahomes' resume to lose to a quarterback that old. I mean, I know the Bucks are stacked this year, but, I mean, the Bucks don't have anybody like Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. Um, so I'm going to say no. There's no way in my mind that if Patrick Mahomes loses this game, he can ever be considered the greatest player ever. Uh, but that is going to do it uh, for our NFL segment. Uh, like I said, next week uh, we will have a full Super Bowl preview. Uh, that is going to be Bucks versus the Chiefs. Uh, but coming up next, we have a loaded week of AC basketball that we're going to break down for you. All right, welcome back to Carter and Lowry. And like we said, an amazing week uh, for college basketball, especially the ACC. Um, but the Tar Heels, uh, with picking up two wins this week, uh, first on Wednesday, winning 80-73 to against Wake Forest, and 86-76 against NC State on Saturday. Uh, against NC State, the Tar Heels had five players in double digits. You love to see it. And Daron Sharp had an amazing game, 16 points and 10 rebounds against NC State. And uh, next week, the Tar Heels will play Pitt uh, tonight when this is releases on Tuesday. And they can play a game this weekend because they moved their Notre Dame game up when uh, Clemson had to postpone. So we'll see if they play uh, this weekend or not. Um, But I do want to point out just an amazing uh, week, especially the NC State game. Definitely the best game that this team has played by far. Uh, With the emergence, you know, Caleb Love and RJ Davis, they really struggled. Uh, the beginning of the season, but they have both come on and just been amazing, you know, finally getting up to that consistent, you know, 14-point scoring clip. Um, But I'm excited for what the future holds for this team, Um, but a lot of tough games upcoming, uh, so we'll see how they weather the storm in the ACC. But, uh, you know, obviously the man, Joe Lenardi, we don't know what he does um, from April until February. But he currently has uh, the Tarios to be an 11 seed in the, uh, I think it's the West Division. Uh, but Sam, take us through, I know we just had just a plethora of amazing games in the ACC this week. Tell us about it. Yeah, so we had a lot of games this week. So I'll start it off with 
Duke's narrow loss to Pitt, 79-73 last Tuesday. Then unranked Georgia Tech absolutely steamrolls the number 20 Clemson Tigers, 63-65. I'm mildly upset about that. And then number 13 Virginia beat Georgia Tech in a squeaker, 64-62 on Saturday. Louisville beat Duke in a nail-biter, 70-65 on Saturday. And then number 20, Clemson got demolished by Florida State, 80-61 on Saturday. Number 16, Virginia got destroyed, 78-60 by unranked Syracuse on Saturday. And then number 8, Virginia cleaned the floors with Syracuse, 81-58 on Monday. Yes, yeah, Sam, oh. Oh, hold on. Uh, before you get into this uh, rankings here, I just want to – we'll get into – I think we're going to have a full segment on your loyalties in for college sports. <laughs> but what has happened to this Clemson team? That is a, I mean, really great question. I, I just – well, I mean, I'm not even really surprised because – that's just the way of Clemson basketball. They'll be up one day, and then they'll be stinking the rest of the season. So I'm disappointed, but not surprised. Yeah, I mean, both of us, I think we did a discussion question two weeks ago saying we both thought that Clemson was our favorite to win the ACC, and now, I mean, they're unranked. They're, like I think, like 11th in the um, – Mm-hmm. rankings for conference play so uh we'll see how they yeah. continue the rest of the season but go ahead and give us the rankings uh in the acc so coming in at 25 is louisville who's 10 and 3 and 5 and 2 in the conference coming off a win against duke and then at number 20 is virginia tech 11 and 3 and 5 and 2 in the conference and then at number 16 you got Florida State at nine and two and five and one in the conference, and number eight Virginia on a hot streak, eleven and two and seven and zero oh in the conference. All right, uh, thanks for that, Sam. Um, our big debate question for this week: Coach K screamed at a student reporter on Saturday after the Blue Devils lost to Louisville. Um, he repeatedly asked the reporter, um, "You know what was the highest classes he was taking?" He said, "You know he didn't belong here." All that kind of stuff. Uh, the Blue Devils are five and five. Before I get to my main point, uh, my uncle, who is just about as loyal as a Duke basketball fan can get, sent me this stat that he wanted me to use. Duke lost three key starters to the NBA after last season. Those three players have played forty-six minutes combined this year in the league uh, in forty-six games. That's one minute per game combined, as of a possible two thousand two hundred twenty-eight. So Duke lost a bunch of key starters who jumped to the NBA and they're not doing anything in the NBA. The Blue Devils, like I said, are 5-5. Five and five. Sam, is Coach K on the hot seat? No, Coach K will never be on the hot seat. I mean, as much as it hurts to say it, but Coach K is the best college basketball coach of all time with Dean Smith coming in at second. But no, he'll never get fired. Can't believe you just said that, but um, yeah, you you have a good point. Um, I think that's part of a, an issue in college basketball. 
you just got to be consistent enough. And he's been there for so long that I don't think he would ever get fired. Uh, maybe asked to resign, but um, you know, got to give him a little credit. I mean, the Tar Heels had about that kind of a season last year, and uh, yeah. Coach Williams survived. To be fair, that season did not count because uh, the NCAA tournament was uh, postponed. Well, not postponed, canceled. Excuse me. Um, but we'll see how this Duke team develops. The Tar Heels play them in two weeks, um, so we'll see how they're doing by the time we get to college basketball's greatest rivalry. Uh, but that is going to do it uh, for this amazing week in the ACC basketball. And coming up next, we're going to break down a wild week for the Hornets. All right, welcome back to Carter and Lowry. Uh, the Hornets had an up-and-down week, uh, one and two on the week, and they have fallen to seven and ten overall. I believe they are 11th in the Eastern Conference. They lost to the Bulls and the Magic, and they beat the Magic. Uh, they split a back-to-back games. But a little interesting stat, uh, the Hornets game against the Magic on uh, Monday was the first time in NBA history that multiple females uh, officiated a game, which I think is just amazing how far we've come, considering in, I think, the year 1999, there were no uh, female officials at all in the NBA. Um, but just to... Go through this week. I mean, the Bulls loss and the Magic loss. I've been saying it all season. We need a center. We need a legitimate center, not Cody Zeller. And you're probably thinking, you look at the box score and you say, Bedeen. The problem was they made a bunch of threes. That's because we're overcompensating and, you know, we're having, you know, Gordon Hayward guarding a power forward and we just overcompensate. We're trying to prevent all drives to the lane, and that just leaves these wide-open threes, and teams are just going to kill us like that. Uh, so I think a trade needs to be made if this team would like to make the playoffs. Um, a little bit of an up-and-down league for LaMelo. I think he averaged like 12 points this week, so it was solid. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit of also what his father said this week later. But Sam, who is our player of the week this week? So our Hornets player of the week this week was Gordon Hayward, including 39 points, 9 rebounds, and a game winner against the Magic on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, just a great game for Gordon. And he has really proven, you know, we were questioning a little bit. Uh, I think that was even, we were a podcast back when the Hornets signed him. Um, Maybe questioning a little bit, you know, paying that extra penny, you know, maybe calling him a little bit of a Nicholas Batum. Uh, but he has proven his worth uh, so far uh, through these first 17 games of the season. But our top dogs uh, in the East, the 76ers are 12-6, tw- and six, the Celtics are 10-6, and six, the Bucks are 10-6, and six, and the Pacers are 10-7. and seven. Oh, I forgot to mention, the Hornets will play the Pacers on Wednesday and Friday, the Bucks on Saturday, and the Heat on Monday. So definitely a difficult schedule. That is uh, three teams that made the playoffs last year. Uh, but the Hornets have always played uh, to their competition level. You know, we've beaten some good teams. We also lost to some bad teams this year. Uh, so we'll see how they do in this next week. Uh, Sam, uh, who is in the lead in the West? Well, the Lakers at fourteen and four are leading the West. The Clippers at thirteen and four are second in the West, and the Jazz at twelve and four are third in the West, and the Nuggets. At ten and seven, are fourth in the West. Uh, Bradley Beal is still leading the NBA in points per game, averaging thirty-two and a half points per game. Uh, Sam, who's leading the league in rebounds? 
It's James Harden on his new team with 10.8 assists per game. Yeah, and Andre Drummond is leading the league in re- with uh, rebounds in uh, 14.6 uh, rebounds per game. And if you didn't know, our uh, former, well, I guess he's still our Masters analyst, uh, we'll definitely have him back in April, Reed Weichel. Man, do you want to come in and talk about this Nets team? Uh, because, I mean, they're not off to the greatest start. I mean, they've won, they've lost, uh, but we'll see how they continue. But our big debate question for the week, although he had been silent uh, as Lomelo had been drafted, LeVar Ball has spoken again. He said, quote, stop treating my boys like role players. They're not role players. They're superstars. Let them do their thing. So, Sam, what's your response? I hate this. I hate it so much. I mean, this was the precise reason that I didn't want the Hornets drafting LaMelo Ball. I mean, sure, he's a fine player, but you're just bringing along all this extra baggage with his dad. And you just, you just don't want that. I mean, I gotta agree with you here. Um, I know a lot of people have been upset that Lamelo hasn't started, uh, but Devontae Graham has picked it up, and I believe that Devontae Graham is the better player as of right now. I mean, I know that Lamelo has a ton of potential, but um, you, know, you got to give him time. Things move slow in the NBA. You know, we're not even a, a quarter of the way through the season yet. Um, actually, we might we might actually be. I take that back. Um, but uh, interesting to see if LeVar Ball decides to open his mouth again uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, but that is going to do it for this episode of Carter and Lowry, and uh, thanks for listening. Since this episode falls on the one-year anniversary of his tragic death, we dedicate this episode to Kobe Bryant.